You're listening to the Smells Like Middle Aged Spirit Podcast. What smells so bad? It's strong, but you'll get used to it. Now here's your hosts, Nick Stevenson yeah, and buddy. Chris Clark. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Whatever time of day it is, wherever you may be listening in the world. Welcome to episode 28 of the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. My name is Nick Stevenson, and I am just one of your gracious and humble hosts, the Hype Gorilla, a.k.a. I'm sorry, Christopher Clark, a.k.a. the Hype Gorilla, is in the building, and we have a top fan in the building once again. (laughs) Uh, Miss Raquel Stewart, Mrs. Raquel Stewart, excuse me, uh, has decided to join us today. She's been supporting us, listening, uh, one of our... Early supporters from the very, very, about very to say, beginning. From from jump. Yeah, from I jump. I remember. Let's see. Episode two, we were talking about after the first episode, we had banquet that night, and she was one of the dozen people who were like, "Hey, checked out your podcast. It was dope. Like, really liked it." Yeah. So we appreciate the support, and we're glad you're finally sitting here in the chair. Of course, uh, of course, I'm so excited. What have you been up to? During this uh, crazy time we've been living in since 2019. <laughs> living this corona life. Ooh. Yes, the corona life. Do you have some coronas to go with that corona life? No. No. I, I, you may find some Dos Equis to go with <laughs> Okay, I like that. I can deal with that. I like the Dos Equis. Um, so I, when, when you came on, I wasn't sure what you wanted to do. A lot of people who listen will be like, hey, I want to do Wheel of Spirit. Or yeah. I want to do, you know, they, they listen so they know the type of stuff that we do. Um, there was a specific couple of episodes that I think hit home with you, and it was episodes 16 and 17, the interviews we did with um, Caitlin and with Courtney, because it's two people who got to come on and kind of speak their truth and tell about their experiences. So I think you said at that point that kind of made you decide, you know what, I got a story I want to tell, and it kind of inspired you to do that. So you're here today to do that. And it's not an easy subject to talk about. Um, I was surprised to hear you say you wanted to tell this story and discuss it. And one of the reasons I I was surprised because I don't know you very well. And you're a very well put together person. You were team mom for the Tigers. You were, I believe at one point, were you the president of Tigers? Yes. Yes. So, I mean, she's got all her stuff together. And she's one of the the people everybody looks up to, and it's hard to sometimes you forget like these are still real life people. They have real life problems. They go through real life stuff. Yeah. So you decided to join us today because you had wanted to tell your story about being sexually abused as a child. Correct. Very difficult uh, discussion to have, and I told you that I had a similar experience that I had gone through, and having that. Because of that, I realized the seriousness of it, and I wanted to treat this with the respect that it deserved. So I'll tell you the same thing that we tell everybody when they sit in this chair. Um, number one, I hope this conversation does not make people uncomfortable. I, or If it makes you uncomfortable, it should. But I want you to react to that discomfort in the proper way. I don't want you to turn it off and be like, oh, I can't listen to that. You need to hear these stories. You need to know that they're real. You need to know that they exist. And then ask yourself, what can I do to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen. Not only just for your kids, but possibly other kids. There are signs that you can that you can tell if something is going on with a kid that 
It's just not right. So I know that that's one of the reasons that you wanted to tell this story. Um, how many people know about this experience? Um, as of right now, it, it, it's, I would say, a handful, okay. five to ten people. Um, of course, my immediate family. Right. It started with my husband. Um, my family knows. And, of course, I know that close friends of the family know. Yeah. You know, we don't talk about it. but Yeah. And, and that was probably a, a hard thing is how are people going to look at me Right. once. You know, you just, they, they know something that you don't want anybody to know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't say too many, but this will definitely be the first time that people within it's gone public. our town. Right. Correct. So. Okay. And it's on the internet now, so the whole world's going to hear it. But I know that you want something positive to come out of it for somebody. Yes. And so, just like we did with Caitlin, Courtney, I'm going to let you tell the story. We, we spoke last night to kind of lay the groundwork down. And I'm going to let you tell it. I do have some notes from our discussion. So if there's something that maybe you leave out that I feel like was important, we might go back and, and check on that. And um, first of all, I, you know, I know I speak for Chris also. Thank you so much for trusting yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. On this platform to be the person to tell the story and trusting us to kind of help you do the work of raising awareness for other people. And um, like I said, I know it's difficult, but we're going to we're going to have a we're going to end on a positive note because like there's a yeah, there's a silver lining on everything. Yep. So um, I want to go ahead and let you start to the earliest that you remember. Um, well, you can I'll let you tell the story. You lay it out how old you were, where it happened and. And what the dynamic was at that time. Okay. So I can clearly remember being around um, the age of seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one morning where I can clear as day remember that morning being asleep on uh, my grandma's couch. I was awake, but I didn't want to be awake. I was just going to lay there and pretend like I was still asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've heard him tell, ask my grandma to go to this back house. There was, you know, their house and there was a little back house where his mother lived. And my grandma would go and enjoy coffee with her. And he told her, you know, go. My mom needs something. Go enjoy coffee. Do your thing. Yeah. And in my head, I'm hearing this and I'm thinking, no, don't go. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear her leave because I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. And even though that's the memory I remember clearly, I do know it had to have happened before for me to already have that fear. Right. Um, of course, counselors or the people I've met with later on in life said that your mind blocks it out. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't want to remember those. Yeah. Um, but my grandma did leave. I heard the door shut and I heard the four footsteps coming into the living room and I knew what was going to happen. What was going to happen. Um, wow. And so, let me, I want to touch on that a little bit more because you clearly have no recollection of anything that happened before this. Correct. But something impacted you emotionally to the point that you knew it was a bad news. You knew it was bad news if, if he left or if she left and you were alone with him. Um, I, there's a question I want to ask you. I'll let you, because once, once, once she left, this is the first time you remember him asking you to do sexual favors for him. This is the day that I can clearly remember as if it happened yesterday. Okay. I remember every detail, All the details. every, for some reason, it's just yeah. this day that 
I cannot forget. Can you put your finger on why that is? I I honestly don't know. No. I I don't. I wish I maybe didn't. Of all the times, of, of all the times that it happened after that, was this the worst? Yes. Okay. And I, and I think that's why it Probably may stick has more. Probably something to do with it. Um. But he he did. He came over to me, and I still pretended like I was asleep and thinking that mm-hmm. would send somebody away. Yeah. But it didn't. He shrugged me, get up, you know, go into the bedroom. And uh, to make it clear, this was nothing that was done to me. Right. Um, I obviously had to perform acts on, on him. him. Right. And so we did it, you know, and it, it was over. And at that time, you just want it to be over. Eight the time years, can't come soon old. enough. Yeah. Yeah. And the scary thing is to have a daughter that's eight now. Yeah. I could not even imagine. Yeah. I couldn't imagine a child. How does their mentality even wrap around what's going on and the fear? Yeah. Um, and also, you knew what he wanted you to do. Yes. You were aware of what was happening. Yes. And you knew what he wanted to do. Do you remember any details about your relationship with him prior to that? Like, how long had he been with your grandmother? Um, Since I was a year old. Since you were a year? Yes. Okay. Do you remember any other interaction with him before that? Um, I do remember the car rides. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, again, I was with him by myself right. m- on multiple occasions. Why? That blows my mind on right. why you're just with a grown man. Yeah. And not a blood relative. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, just a guy your grandma was dating. Right? Yes. Um. But when sitting in the truck, you know, it was the two-door truck, and it's a bench, and you sit in the passenger seat. Well, I had to sit in the middle, and my hand had to be on, you know, mm-hmm. on him. And like I told Nick, it in those occasions, I would pray, one, this, please just make, you know, let's yeah. get where we're going, and I don't want this. Two... I hope a big jacked up truck pulls up next to us so they can see inside the truck and yeah. be my saving yeah. grace and yeah. have a witness of what they just saw because that should never. No. So you obviously happen. knew that it was wrong. Um, what are some of the things he would say to you to try to convince you it wasn't or. So even during the time this is happening, it was um you like this, you know, you can't tell anybody, this is our secret. Um, if you do tell, you know, they'll be mad at you. Mm-hmm. Things so he like, was trying to normalize it. Right. Yes. and Trying to manipulate a child into thinking yeah. like, hey, this is okay. Yeah. You, you like this. It's like audibly saying, I don't think you, people realize the level of that mind control. If you hear something and you see something, it confirms it for you. Mm-hmm. And you're a young eight-year-old child. You're very impressionable at this point. So you're seeing it and you're hearing him tell you while you see it, you like this. That's trying to program you to think that this is okay. And that's just disgusting. Um, and just the fact of telling me they're going to be mad at you. You're going to pretty much stir up some family stuff here if you go repeat. Right. What's And that's just definitely not. And obviously, I mean, you believe that. Of course. Yeah. Um, so this happened for several years after that. And you said each time you were either riding in a truck with him or you were at their home mm-hmm. and he would somehow get your grandmother to leave. Correct. And so you knew 
what was happening when he was trying to get her to leave. Would she always leave the house, or would sometimes she just left the room? Sometimes it was leaving the house. Okay. But there were other times that she was in the house while this was going on. She was just in another room. Not Honestly, not that I can Okay, remember. so she was always leaving completely. Mm-hmm. Okay, I wanted to clear that up because yes. I wasn't sure when we discussed it the night before. Do you think that she knew anything was going on or... I, I honestly don't don't think she yeah. did. Yeah. Which maybe she should have, but I, I well, I'm not saying she should have known because I think most people in their right mind think that something like that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um obviously she trusted this person enough to bring him around her grandchildren mm-hmm. and her family. Um so maybe I say she should have known because I told you I've been through similar circumstances. And, and see that's why I th- way I look at children now and things that are done, it, yeah. I my mind thinks completely different. Maybe it's because of my right. my story. Yeah. yeah. Or do people just really think that nothing will happen? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's gotta be tough though. It had I imagine for her it had to be tough to find out after the fact. Yes. That his his strategy was to get her to leave so that he could take advantage of you. So this goes on you're in, let's see, eight years old, you'd be what, in the third grade? Yes. Okay. And you said that this lasts all the way through junior high? About sixth grade. Sixth grade. I would, I would say. Um, that's kind of when I got more involved in sports, friends. Mm-hmm. You're able to go to their house more. And mm-hmm. that was right. kind of my goal at this point was to be somewhere other than anywhere there. but yeah. there. Yeah, of course. Um. So how did it affect... I mean, when you're in junior high, you have crushes on boys, you like boys. Like, how did it affect your view of sexuality? I mean, obviously, you knew what sexuality was in way more detail than you should know yeah, at that age. Looking um, back now, um, I didn't know it then. I kind of thought the way boys were, the way they talked, mm-hmm. you know, I say boys, maybe right. being boys at that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just normal. Like, that's just what what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And now looking back, I'm like, no. Yeah. So if you saw a boy disrespecting a woman, talking about her body or whatever, or start saying certain things, that was just normal to you. Mm-hmm. That's what you expected. Um, man. So you said around the time that it stopped, what, what was your relationship with him when he's no longer abusing you, but you know that that had been going on? And why do you think it suddenly stopped when you got to be in the sixth grade? I think he knew maybe I'd reached an age where I, the chances of me talking or mm-hmm. I, I was not as vulnerable. I was not, you're not going to manipulate and you just were not going to get away with it anymore right. is the reason I think he did. Um, a part of me feels like maybe there was another relative or mm-hmm. maybe another victim mm-hmm. that was starting to be in the picture. Of course, at, like I said, at that age, I was kind of doing my own thing and yeah. out of sight, out of mind. And I did, I never wanted to turn back and think about it. Yeah. You were just glad it was over. Yes, it was over. And I was not going to speak of it. I was, what happened, happened. And I'm just going to move so on. You kind and of blocked it out. I definitely tried to block it out. Um, gotcha. I, I did not want to stir up the family chaos right just 
Um, Did you feel like at the time that he maybe had a new victim? I did. I I felt like I saw signs. Um, When I was little and this was going on, everyone knew and he was not shy of it. But I was the princess. I was everything. I got everything I wanted as far as, you know, if I needed money to go somewhere, if I was hungry, I got, you know, just Mm. that overly spoiled type relationship. Right. And typically, I mean, again, you look back and a grandpa, grandparents, that's just that how you normal. are. Yeah. But, uh, of course, I knew this was different. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's even crazy at the time about being spoiled. He had three daughters, two of them that were near my age, mm-hmm. and they could not stand me because of the way he was with me. You know, they felt the jealous and... She, you know, you're spoiling her, giving her everything. And in my mind, I'm thinking, don't spoil me. Y'all have no idea what (laughs) I'm having to go through to even don't. So he had daughters your age. So he's significantly younger than your grandmother? Okay. And how, like, what was your grandmother's relationship with him? Like, did she love him? Yes. Um, They weren't legally married, but, I mean, they were together 21 years until... Right. That time came to an end. But so she's probably obviously enamored with this person and doesn't think in her wildest imagination that something like that would happen. At least that's what you hope. Um, that's just tough, man. That's tough. I, you know, I found out that my grandmother's ex husband, uh, he was obviously, he was a, uh, he he ended up cheating on her and we found out a bunch of he had a bunch of skeletons in the closet and i have very faint memories and i don't think anything happened but he would just do weird stuff like i'm a young kid i'm probably 3 4 years old and he would just grown ass man just walk around naked in the house and like i remember seeing him come i, I would sleep i would sleep it was it was kind of weird because when i came over he slept in a separate bedroom than my grandmother Mm -hmm. they had a spare bedroom he would sleep in my grandmother would sleep in her bed and i would lay some pillows out on the floor Mm -hmm. and i remember him coming into the bedroom that we were in completely naked and being terrified and like trying to pretend i was asleep and nothing happened that day that i can recall but it makes me wonder like that's weird that's really weird. And yeah, yeah, yeah. like you said, sometimes you block some stuff out. But this is also a man who was not my biological grandfather. He mm-hmm. it was a second, maybe third or fourth marriage that my grandmother had had. And it takes a lot of trust to bring just any old person into your house. And I, it's stuff like that that makes some people scared to even do it. But I just, I, I think about... Like you said, you realize stuff later in life. Like, that was kind of odd. And I bet, especially when we get to the point where you get to talk about this, there's probably some people who think back and like, man, that was really weird. And you just it's so inconceivable for those people. But like I said, now that you've gone through it, it's unfortunately something you have no choice but to think about. But um, let's see. So you, it's possible that he's got other victims, but you're just focused on moving forward. Um, so how were your relationships with the opposite sex from that point forward? Obviously you go through high school, 
you do end up married at some point. Like, did it really affect any of that? At this point, is it even on your mind, or are you just... Um, at this point, I I mean, I had one serious relationship throughout high school, mm-hmm. um, 14 through 18 years old. And right. um, you kind of, that relationship ended, it went bad. Yeah. So you, another man, you just don't trust. So at this point, you really don't trust yeah. men. Yeah, yeah. You know, men are not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I meet my husband, and he seems to be a great guy. Right. Still, I have a big wall up. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at this point, we're together about a year and I feel you're good. I, yeah. I can trust mm-hmm. you. I'll let my wall down, my guard down a little bit. Um, about a, six months into our relationship, I do get pregnant. Um, we have our son and an incident happened to where, well, let me backtrack from when the day I had my son, which was in February, and I think I told my husband in October. But throughout those months in between, something just came over me to where this that had happened to me years ago started coming back. Like I was crying throughout the night. I was having nightmares. I could not get this off my mind. And I'm thinking, why? Why is this coming back to me? Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm looking at my own child who you just love so much. And these kids, they're so innocent. They don't deserve anything. You know, they're just. It's inconceivable. So I I really do think that's what triggered it all. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I go back and I was a child once. I was innocent and I got that taken from me. Right. How could somebody go through and take that from a child? So I am. have bad dreams and and finally my husband's like what's going on there you you know Mm. you need to tell me and i kind of don't want to i kind of fight him on it and finally you know i think it was after two hours of like an interrogation i just broke down crying Mm -hmm. and i said this is what's happened years ago this is who did it and like you say people go back and they're like and he said and my husband loves everybody yeah he said, there was always something off about him. I did not like the way he was. I, yeah. I didn't know what it was, but there was something creepy. And mm-hmm. this is it. This is answering my gut feeling. Yeah. So Johnny's the first person you told? Yes. Out of anybody? Out of like, anybody. Out of anybody. I never, um, there was one occurrence where I almost told my roommate when I was 19. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. you're just, you're just worried, yeah, you know, yeah. how are people yeah. going to take it and. So um, you, you had one serious boyfriend before getting into, or would you, you had yes. one boyfriend, steady boyfriend. Um, if you don't mind me asking, like, I mean, I know you were young at one point. Like, did you have trouble with intimacy, even not necessarily sexual, but touching, kissing? Like, did that trigger anything in you that? No. No? Okay. No. The reason no. I ask is because I, I remember having that briefly well, for a little while. <laughs> I can tell you it. It does happen. Yeah. Um, and it can be the smallest thing. Yeah. Um, Something triggers it. And, and poor Johnny, and it, it's, he literally will go to like grab my hand just to hold my hand. Mm-hmm. But grabbing my hand, yeah. It, it could, don't do that. Sometimes it won't bother <laughs> me. Sometimes I will not, and I will, it will flip my mood. Yeah. He's like, what happened? What's going on? And I'm, I don't want to bring it up again and say, yeah. well, kind of traumatized with you grabbing <laughs> right. my hand. You're yeah. my husband. You should be yeah. able to, but. That's tough. That that happens very frequently. Yeah. That's a lasting impact that 
it's not fair right that you should have to do that so this is after your oldest is born correct and so this is a couple months he's a couple months old when you tell yeah he's about eight months old okay and what year is that 2007 2007 okay so what year did you graduate 2004 2004 so three years later, you are married to Johnny, or you just meet him? We're, we're j- dating. Dating, okay. Yes. At okay. this point, I think we've been together a year. Okay. Okay. Two years. Okay. Two years. Okay. So you got that surprise. Surprise, we're parents. And, I mean, I'll tell people, the, the right people, that changes everything for you when you have a child. If it, Some people keep doing the same stuff they were doing when they were immature. But it, for the right people, that changes everything. And... I can't tell you how many times I thought about what happened to me once my child was born. Because, you, like you said, you look at them and they're just so innocent. And, like, how? Mm-hmm. How? How could somebody do that? And in my instance, a lot of the time, when the early times that I got molested, I was being molested by another child that was maybe a year or two older than me. So, obviously, this was happening to them. Yeah. And they were just mimicking whatever was happening to them. And then when I got older, it was somebody significantly older than me that was doing it. Um, it was a family member. It was a female, actually. But that, I mean, I, I, I've, I, that, I always said that it doesn't really affect me because you can't let it. But there's little small things, like you said. Right. Like, if I meet a person that kind of reminds me of that person, looks like them, like, Sorry, I can't be cool with yeah, you. Like, yeah, I just can't. Yeah, like is, you might be a really nice person, but the way you wore your hair today got me fucked up. So like, <laughs> I, no. I agree. <laughs> so it's tough, man. And it's just it's not it's it's not fair that anybody would have to go through that. Um, I want to get to because you're holding on to this. Let's see, you were eight from eight years old to age twenty two. I'm twenty twenty one. That's a long time. Yeah. And Johnny's the first person you told. That's a really long time to be holding on to that. And you're getting to a point where now it's really affecting you with the night terrors. And it's getting bad. And all this time, obviously, you still have to be around this guy. He's still in a relationship with your grandmother. So talk about those interactions. Like, what were they like? Even, was he still nice to you? Like, how, how how would he treat you once you were older and... Yes, he everything was still very cordial. Um, he he wasn't the extreme nice. I was no longer called princess and right. handed money and things like that. But uh, it, it was cordial. Yeah. It kind of in my mind, it is what it is. And were you we're afraid gonna... to let your child be around him? Yes, um, even yeah, my child was not not necessarily being around him. There was. My child's not leaving my side yeah. Yeah. with you <laughs> oh, right. in the same. No, that's yeah. definitely not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. And that's kind of what, when I did tell Johnny, I, I did ask him, do not tell anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not ready. Yeah. That's got to be up to you when nobody can decide that for you. When it's, when it's time to, to out that, but it's also got to be a miserable living to have to be around this person and to be staring, like to have to be in the same room, and like how Act do you like nothing happened? Yeah, how do you focus on being happy at Thanksgiving or Christmas? Like how does? So I will say, <laughs> I mean, as you got older, like I said, in junior high, I was able to kind of keep my distance, and mm-hmm. I know we talked about this a little bit, even at that time of being in sixth grade, um, close group of friends 
think he had to pick me up from school. We were going somewhere where I had to be at home mm -hmm. after school with him there. And I remember walking up to the house, seeing his truck there. And I'm, great. He kind of was on shifts. Right. He's here. I, I can't be here. Mm -hmm. I tell him I need to go to a friend's house. And we have a project to work on. I need a ride. Mm -hmm. That poor girl, I show up to her front doorstep and she's like, why are you here? And <laughs> yeah. she, that Those were her words. Like, yeah. why are you here? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the look in my eyes, I mean, of course, she's another girl my age. She doesn't yeah. understand. Yeah. I said, oh, I didn't have any, you know, I just come in to see what you were doing. She knew I something did. was off, though. And only thing my goal was to. I need to just be inside your house. Yeah. I need to step foot so he can drive away. Right. I will figure out what I do from here. <laughs> yeah. But I needed somewhere to go. And yeah. I'm not telling her this. I'm just making up excuses on yeah. why I just showed up on your front doorstep. Yeah. Wow. That's tough. So I want to talk about, let's get back to 2008. You said it's around the holidays. We, we talked about this briefly last night. Um. So your son is almost a year or he is a year old at this point. And you and Johnny, unfortunately, have had to hold on to this for an entire year that he's known. Uh, what's the breaking point? Like, when does it just get to be too much? Um, I think once Johnny knew and I had to be around him, um, he was still very like the king. Like, the end of the table, everyone's going to cater to me. I'm going to tell you what I want. You're going to bring it to me. He did do those type of things yeah. with me. And I this, this day, um, he said... Make me an iced tea. And we were getting ready to eat. And I look at him, my grandma can get it for you. Somebody yeah. can, but. Who the fuck you think yeah, you're talking to? Who the fuck yeah. you think you're talking and to? Of course, now yeah. I feel my husband knows I'm older. I may just talk back to you. Yeah. Yeah. But I sucked it up. I grabbed the glass. I know I did it with an attitude. Oh, tell me you spit in it. You ever see the color purple? No. You got to watch that movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every, if you've seen The Color Purple, you know what I'm talking about. The patriarch of the family is at the house, and Whoopi Goldberg plays a girl named Celie. She can't stand him. And he's one of those, you get a woman to iron for you. Like, he was a very yes. masculine, macho type dude. So he tells her to go make her a drink, and she totally, like, hawks a loogie in it and gives it to him. And he drinks the whole thing. <laughs> so probably one of the best scenes of the whole movie. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. It's funny you say that, because that kind of <laughs> reflects on his personality. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Yeah, that... That's, cr that's somebody who's gone through what you went through. I will tell you, The Color Purple is an excellent film for people who've gone through. Would you, like it might, I don't know, because Celie's a young girl who is is raped as a young child and ends up having a baby from the man she thinks is her father. It ends up turning out not to be her biological father. It's a, it's an intense movie. It has a happy ending though. If anybody's seen, I recommend it. It's a Steven Spielberg movie from the eighties. It's and an excellent movie, but anyway, yeah. I'm but to check that out. <laughs> yeah, if, if you watch it, you tell me if the men in that movie remind you. I mean, I hope they don't too much, but right, yeah. But, but yeah, so I'm. I'm when you're telling me he traits. told you right. He's when you're telling me he tells you to go make this tea. I'm like, God, I hope you spit in yeah. it. <laughs> so I, I do go make the tea, and I hand it. I don't hand it to him. I set it on the table, and again, I think there's a little attitude mm -hmm. behind that glass. Yeah, and. That that kind of I think triggered it for him. Yeah. Here, you know, we are a month later, and it gets kind of brought to my attention that I've had an attitude towards him. In. Yeah. Yeah, I, I sure do. I, he he brought that up, or somebody else did. He did. The he nerve on him. 
He, to he, do so that. he had the fucking nerve. He had the balls. <laughs> that that, that <laughs> was like, very I'm shocking. Trying to hold my composure throughout the story because. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. Dude, I just. Ooh, like I would. Mm. We have girls. Yes. And you have a girl. And whether it's a girl or boy, you have children. Children in general. In general. And it's just. But the nerve on this dude. Get me a to fucking guy. I, 15 years later. To be bossing you around, like, oh. I mean, he has no idea. You could have just blurted it out I, right I then could've. and there. Like, wow. But that just that just shows the arrogance, the But at that but at that point in time, nobody knew except for Johnny what was going on. Correct. Yeah. And I will even mm. say at that, you know, I'm remembering this. That was probably Thanksgiving. So in between then and the end of the year, maybe the end of that month, um, I'm just over there visiting my grandma on, on a normal day. Right. And she kind of talks to me about them having talks about getting married. Oh, wow. And in my head, I'm thinking, no. Yeah, don't do that. No. Yeah. And I do. I, I tell her. And typically, I, I would want to just, okay. Right. I do. I tell her. And I said, if there's one thing you ever listen to me about, mm. let it be this. Do yeah. not marry him. Yeah. And she said, well, why? I said, I can't tell you. Just listen. Yeah. Do not do it. I'll tell you one day. Yeah. And, of course, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm getting a little bit more comfortable. You know, Johnny knows. And You're trying to work your way to it. Yes. Yeah. And I, I do tell her. And that was that. I That was at the front door, and I walked out, and that wasn't even spoken about again. Wow. Um, my reasoning. So after the holidays, three weeks later, you get some news that your grandmother and this person are not going to be together anymore because of what? Um, there are some cheating allegations that I guess the other woman, her husband had, I guess, this gut feeling that something was going on with her, mm -hmm. hired a private investigator. Um, not only do they report to the person they were hired by, but I guess they also send letters to the other spouse. Right. So I didn't know that. Full on I, cheaters. Should yeah. show yes. the camera. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, from my knowledge and what I was told, my grandmother had received a letter, kind of, I, there was pictures that were taken for proof, and, and I, I'm assuming in the letter they write down the yeah. stuff that they've yeah. witnessed. Um, so, so, she kind of calls him out on it, she has her proof, and um, my mom comes over to the house and tells me, this has happened, and he's living somewhere else, and they're going to be separating. And we don't think they're going to be getting back together. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's got to be music to your ears. It, it was. Um, and then she follows up with this statement of, oh, and by the way, um, he's mentioned to Grandma that you've had an attitude lately. And again, they're, Johnny and my this mom. This is your mo mother telling my, you this. Yes. Okay. They're sitting down in our formal dining room, and I'm kind of just leaned up against the door frame. And when she says that, I kind of turn around on the door frame to now where I'm in the hallway. And Johnny says, and I start crying. Mm -hmm. I'm crying because this is the moment. It just, I can't take it no more. Right. Yeah. And Johnny says, and of course I had told him, do not say anything when he did find out. Mm -hmm. This was his moment yeah. to kind of call me out on it and say, yeah. I can't do this anymore. You know, yeah. it's time. Yes, and he says, you can't do this anymore. You need to tell her. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm in my head, I'm crying, but in my head, I'm like, oh, I could kill you right now yeah. for just yeah. calling me out. Yeah. But I'm glad he did. It, yeah, you needed that nudge. I did. You may not have ever got to that point. You yes. Ne- you never know. So, um, but I feel like at that moment, my mom knew. There was, she did not question what mm. was going through that my That was head. a weird question for her to bring up after the fact of saying they broke up also. So, I mentioned that to you last night when we talked, like, that's a weird sequence of events. Like, he's cheating, they're breaking up. Oh, by the way, you've had an attitude with him. I I don't know if if you've had this conversation with your mother or not, but um, it seems like she kind of knew something might have been off about the situation. Yeah, maybe. And then I was also reflecting back on what we had talked about. I thought maybe the conversation she, she had recently had with my grandma, finding out their situation. My grandma had brought this up because... Again, this is all within weeks. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was the one time she had spoken with my grandma and it was brought up. And this is the first time I'm seeing yeah. her since that conversation. Or maybe she wondered if you had any suspicion about him having an affair or anything like that. Because that probably would have made you have attitude towards him as well. I don't know. There's so much speculation. I I can't tell you what to do. I hope you and your mother maybe get to have that conversation one day. If, if it comes to that. Because I know that you told me last night that Unfortunately, what's come with this whole situation is you have had some resentment towards the adults who were in your life at that time for just not being more aware. And as much as we've talked about, maybe you can understand why they wouldn't. The fact of the matter is that they were the adults and you were the child. And as a parent, it's your job to protect your children no matter what. So that's got to be difficult. But I mean, once 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 that's out there and you've told your mom, like, how does that feel? Like, now somebody who's been there the whole time knows. How do you feel? I feel it feels like the weight was just lifted off. Mm-hmm. That I told my mom, who you're supposed to be able to talk to yeah. about all of this. And right. it, it it was that moment that I will never forget. That yeah. I'm free. And my mom is going to take care of this. So... You said she didn't really have so a reaction. Was, go there, ahead. Go ahead. There was no questions asked. Like she believed everything and everything was. Yeah. So um, when Johnny said, you can't do this anymore, you need to tell her. Mm-hmm. And my mom came over. She hugged me so tight. And she said, did he ever do anything to you? And I am crying to the point where I can't talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I remember my head being in her shoulders and I just shook my head. Yes. At that point, I also want to clear it up with her that he was not doing anything to me as right. as bad as all of it is mm-hmm. i you know yeah you've yeah. like that before yeah i i don't even know how to explain that because it, it it is all bad yes yeah but i feel it could be if a there's lot. yes if you want to try to find a silver lining like that's it your innocence was taken but not yeah completely Correct. i yes. guess so yeah so um I tell her yes, and immediately, I mean, she's on the phone with my stepdad. Um, They're separated at the time, but he raised me, and Mm -hmm. um, they got separated early on, but I'm I'm still in contact with him. Right. Um, She calls him because that's who we call, Mm -hmm. and she was crying, of course, telling him, you know, this has happened, and this is kind of where it all starts. The adults are like, we always thought something was off. We always thought those hugs were weird type deal yeah Yeah. but at this point you're just trying to 
They were all trying to get my mom to calm down because she's ready to go hurt Uh, hurt someone. And my mom will do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like that's that that's one thing I can say sitting in a position. Like if I was to ever hear something of that being done to my child, the dude would never see his day in court. (laughs) Because I I mean, even off allegations, as as crazy as that says, like or as crazy as that sounds, just the thought of that happening to to one of my children. You'd lose it. Dude, I'd I'd all rationality would go out the window. Yeah. So we did. I mean, I had my mom losing it, my stepdad losing it, family members wanting to lose it. And at this time, I'm still having to keep my composure because I yeah. have to talk them out of doing anything that right. they will regret. Like, I can't lose, lose yeah. you. Like, yeah. it's you been got, this gotta, long. Let me take care of yeah, it. And yeah. that will be through. Exactly. They the got to understand. Like, I went through this. I'm the one it happened to. And if I'm not about to go kill this person, like, we need to all calm down. Like, I know you're angry. I know you're hurt. But imagine how I feel. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get let's get justice the, the way that we're and supposed to get it. That's how I had to kind yeah. of lay it out. Because if somebody, go, as much as you would feel that way, Chris, you go kill this dude. N- now you're going to prison, you know, maybe not for life, but you're definitely going to prison. Mm-hmm. And you're not a part of your kid's life anyway. And then who knows what happens to them moving forward. Like... You say all rationale would go out the window. You wouldn't be thinking about that. Yeah. But in a situation like that, like, you have to. As angry as you feel, like, you could make a decision that would impact your children even worse. I don't want to say even worse, but just continue to negatively yeah. impact them. And in that moment, what you hope, number one, is that your kids never go through that. Of course. You never want them to go through that. And you go do everything you possibly can so that they don't. But if that is to happen to them, they are going to need you to be there. And Mm -hmm. if you do something that causes you not to be there, it's just, it's an unthinkable situation. And when you tell your family, like, I I understand the anger, but it's crazy. I I told you this last night. You're the victim, but it's felt like you're just still trying to protect everybody else. Like, you're trying to hold it together. And I... I commend you for that so much. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 incredible. Like yeah. I because it happened to you. Like and and we said before, your life could have went so many different ways. You could have fallen into drugs, you could have fallen into alcoholism or acting out. You know, th- there's a lot of young women and men unfortunately who when that stuff happens to them, they start to act out sexually because they just have this completely unhealthy view of intimacy and sexuality and it's tough and you successfully navigated through that, and you, I'm sure at that point, once you got that lifted off your shoulders, you're like, now nah, I want to see this through to the right conclusion. Yes. And that can't happen if if everybody flies off the handle. So now that everybody knows, now everybody's going to have to be careful about how to confront this person about this. Because um, you told me he had a little bit of stature in the community. Um if you want to talk more about that. Yes. So even growing up, teenage years, he um, he worked for the city. Not mm-hmm. this city, but he worked within a city. And he continuously would get promoted throughout the law enforcement side. Right. And it would kill me because I'm thinking, I don't want anything good to happen for you. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I could care less if you kept bringing good news to the family. Right. Um, but it continuously happened. He 
he ended up being a, we'll say it, a, a fire marshal mm-hmm. for the city. And I still don't understand kind of where that's at, but I understand it's another promotion he was getting. Right. So I'm like, here we go again. And that's kind of where he was when this kind of broke loose. He was a fire marshal. Yes. Okay. Um, so he's got some stature and he's got it in the law enforcement community. Yes. And he had worked um, prior to that. He was kind of a jailer and a dispatch. So when you're affiliated, I guess, in mm-hmm. all of those job titles, mm-hmm. you all know each other. Yeah. You're, I could say your name and people know who I'm right. talking about. Yeah, I was just going to get to that. So when you go to the authorities and you're telling them, so-and-so did this, they know who so-and-so is. Yes. That's so, got to be hard. Were you afraid to do that? Yes, because I'm hoping, one, I've waited this long that you believe me mm-hmm. enough to take my story. Which is a problem. And then, two, he's within y'all's, you know, one of y'all's Yeah, Yeah, he's one of your own, and, and you're going to have to do yeah. the right thing. Yes. And, and unfortunately, uh, in the system... That doesn't always happen. Yeah, that doesn't right. always happen. So, so. That, that was kind of a fear. Um, my mom does calm down. Um, they leave because my grandma's at work, also working a night shift at this time. And they have to tell her in person and pretty much tell her to be careful. You know, going home, don't make any contact. You know, and nobody needs to tell him, tip right. him off in any sort of way. My mom comes back to my house and she says, do you want to go talk to the police? And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. She takes me up there. This is now at this time, it's like 10 o'clock at night. We go up to the city, um, talk to somebody at the window who definitely treated us like they did not have time for us. Yeah. And my mom, and he says, like, what, what do you want? What are you here for? My mom tells him in a rude manner yeah. exactly what it is. And I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. Like, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. have to start talking to strangers. And right. this just got awkward really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, okay, so they send us um, upstairs to talk to a lady who was very sweet. Um, let me talk, taking down her notes. And the minute I, she asked me for his name, and I have to say his name. Right. She's looking down right in her notes. She stops in her tracks and looks up, and she's almost speechless. And yeah. she says, ours? That works here? And I say, Yes. Wow. And she just shakes her head yes and keeps going. So she lost her poker face for a moment. Definitely. And that was that was just another real situation that just set in with me on yeah. I it I'm in full force going with this. Like and you're doing there's it. yes, yeah. I am yeah. doing this and And it's still an uphill battle. I mean now that you've conquered your own fear, now you have to deal with everything about this system that unfortunately is set up to go against victims. Um, you said you were worried about them believing you. That's a problem. So many times victims come forward and I think our natural thought process is, oh, it's, it's skepticism. It's really weird for me because I'm someone who has both been a victim of sexual abuse and then I've been accused of doing something that I did not do and I know what it feels like to be guilty before proven innocent. And... That's something that never leaves you. So it's a real conflict with me. I just feel like you should take anything that somebody says seriously until otherwise proven. But at the same time, if there's a balance, don't treat the other person as if they're guilty just because of an accusation. It's a very fine line you have to walk. But I think there's 
too many victims who just don't get believed and it gets swept under the rug. And there was so much danger of that happening because he was within their community. So that had to be nerve wracking for you. Um, but you do get some law enforcement on your side. I think you told me that somebody who ended up working the case, the family knew. Yes. Okay. And, and, and we don't want to mention his name because we don't want to get him in trouble. Right. But <laughs> and, and that was actually how I got upstairs to talk to this lady. Because uh-huh. the guy downstairs at the window did not care to right. help at all. Um, my stepdad made the phone call and he called, I guess, the lady upstairs or someone who mm-hmm. came down and got us and otherwise. I, so he was I, well plugged in also. Oh, very well. Okay. Yes. All right. So now they know. Um. And they do they do they ask you if you know of any other victims? Um, they do not there. That they do evening, not ask they do that. Not. Okay. So what's the plan? Um, they send us home, and she said, you know, they'll be in contact. Mm-hmm. I think it may have been a day or so later. Um, I do get contacted. At this point, it's Harris County. Yeah. It's a, a DA, that sort of um, detective type. And he comes to meet with me, and we kind of have to get a game plan together. Right. Um, we, at this point, we need a confession because mm-hmm. um, that's the only way we're going to get him. Yeah, there's no evidence so many years later. So, yeah. Yes, I I meet him downtown, and I would really like to go find out where the center was. I, I feel like this day was all just a big fog. I, I didn't even yeah. drive down there. My mom drove me down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I meet with him. I have to tell my story by audio. I have to tell my story by being recorded. They ask you multiple questions, and they do that multiple questions, same question, just in yeah. a different way type thing. Yeah, to um, try to make sure your story stays the same. Yes. Yeah. And within those questions afterwards, he does ask, is there anybody else you think that could be a victim? Because the more people, you know, obviously the better the case. Right. Um, I, I give him two People, I, I think it can be. Um, one, they want to talk to these girls. You know, they it's kind of neat to see. I mean, how they investigate and find these people. I haven't seen yeah. one of them in years, but they were able to just go knock on these houses and tracking yeah, them down. Gave and them a name. They yeah. find them. Yeah, and uh, that that girl who was actually my age, she was part of his family. It was his niece. Um, mm-hmm. She tells him she doesn't remember. Right. She doesn't know. Come to find out um, a little bit later, her reasoning for that was her mom said, we cannot turn him in. He helps pay our bills. Oh, damn. <sighs> so wow. um, <sighs> whether that's true or not, it's it's very believable. It, yeah. It, it, I, I mean, mean, I wouldn't doubt it for one second. Yeah. That's how that kind of went down. Damn. It stinks because yeah. I would have loved the support and for that yeah. girl, honestly. I mean, yeah. I could imagine if she's still the holding it. for her. Yes. Right. I, I exactly. could imagine still having to live with that. Um, The other one, she was still young at the time, and they do talk to her parents, and they say, you know, we want to meet with her. We want to talk to her because they have their ways of talking to kids and asking certain questions without just being right. blunt yeah. about it. And yeah. Of course, you're going to scare somebody by asking them a direct question. Exactly. Unfortunately, um, the parents and the dad. I Declined. Kind of took it amongst himself to go oh. ask the daughter. Um, and I think it was more of that rage. 
and mm-hmm. you better hope my daughter says no right. type thing because mm-hmm. he probably would have done some yeah. something he would have regretted. Right. So in the manner he did ask, the answer from her was no. Yeah. Whether that one's true or not, yeah, I don't know. And and if it is, I hope one day she's able to talk about it or just because I know the feeling of getting it off of your shoulders yeah. and what it does for you. Yeah. So and like I said, reason. not everybody successfully navigates that. There's no telling. There's a lot of horror and bad stories with bad, not happy endings that come from that. Um, so there's no cooperating witnesses. There's no other testimonies. So now you got to get a confession. So at that point, um, yes, I. he's like, you are by yourself. We have to get a confession. Here's my idea. Mm-hmm. And his idea is to get him on the phone through a phone call. And have him confess in some something I have. To, we don't know what we're going to say. How yeah. do you call somebody? Yeah. And that sounds yeah. like one of those things that like you hope you can do. But the odds of them being like, yep, I did that are so slim to none, yeah. at least for most people. Um, it's like throwing something at the wall. Especially and somebody who's sticks. affiliated with law enforcement. Right. Well, you, would, you would think something's there's a red flag somewhere. For yeah. Them. Yeah. Yes. Like the, so at this point, you're throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing how many noodles stick. Yes. But and you agree to do it. Yes, I do. I'm willing to do anything I have to because I I want to prove, you know, yeah. I want yeah. him to go down for what he did. But now all the people you've confronted and told this story to now, now you got to talk about this to the man who did it to you. Yes. That's difficult. Yes. But were you ready? I I thought I was. Yeah. Which I, I was. Um, the detective meets us at a house and um, we kind of go in the bedroom and he said, you know, I don't know how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to do it. And something just goes off in my head. Like, you better find a way <laughs> to figure this out. Yeah. You just have to go into like this character mode mm-hmm. and make it happen. And I look at this detective and I said, this is what I'm going to do. And he said, it sounds like you got it. I'm like, I have to. Yeah. I have to make this happen. Yeah. So we do. I um, call him. He, and he answers. And just the sound of his voice, it's something that I thought there for a minute I would never have to hear again, right. never have to deal with him again. Yeah. And you just have to stay strong because I just want, you just want to freak out. Yeah, of course. Um, and so the, I can't imagine. The, the story I have to kind of I came up with was this is me and I give them, you know, they used to call me Nikki. Mm-hmm. Uh, my middle name is Nicole. Mm-hmm. So I tell them, you know, it's Nikki. Um, I kind of wanted to talk to you about something. And he automatically goes to you know, what happened with me and your grandma that had nothing to do with you. It's not true. And I'm kind of right. like, why would you even think I'm calling you that? I don't care. <laughs> like, that's, that's probably the best thing that's happened. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, no. That was your first clue that he was dumb, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> I was True. Thinking back now, it's what, <laughs> I'll let you continue. But that was your first clue, that so he was not a very bright guy. I said, no. I said, I need to talk to you about what you used to do to me when I was little. Mm-hmm. And it kind of went silent. And he says, let me pull over. I'm driving. I'm driving. 
and I can. I don't hear know if we mentioned, panic. but you're recording this conversation. Yes, right? this is being recorded for yeah. the this to be is the, yes here. Okay, yeah, it's something okay. that was attached to a, a phone. Right. I almost feel like they even had to use a landline phone. Old school. It was, it was all had to be Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. their okay. equipment's pretty. They have it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I tell him. So he tells me he needs to pull over. I can hear the panic in his voice immediately, and my heart starts to race. Like here goes nothing. Yeah. Here I go. And he says, "You know," he first he says, "I'm so sorry. What I used, you know, what used to happen. I'm so sorry. You know." And he confesses. Yeah. From immediately confesses. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And it wasn't. But 30 seconds to a minute later that he's just spilling the beans. And at this point, my heart just drops. I'm happy. Me yeah. and this detective are smiling, high-fiving. I'd have been like, okay, bye. See you later. <laughs> bye. And the detective bye. was like, big thumbs up. We we got it. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then he flips and he says, wait, hold on. You do remember, though, that you used to ask me to do this. You enjoyed it and kind of just went. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. No, he. He had to have known. And I'm looking like, how dare you? Yeah. How dare yeah. you First of say all, and accuse him? If he realized in that moment that he was possibly being recorded, did he honestly think that that, that would have helped? That would help his case and be like, fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, mm. Oh my God. You know, and I did tell him, I said, um, I've been seeing uh, a counselor. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is all false. Right. I've been seeing a counselor and. The only way I can get through this and have closure with it is for you to say, you know, talk about it with you. Yeah. And, he and that that's whenever and he, yeah, he, he gave me that closure for sure. Huh? Wow. So you got him. I, I I'd did. have hung up and be like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Once but, we did, the detective was very happy. Yeah. Um, I opened the door and I just start bawling crying yeah. because it's still just all real like everything i've lived through is just mm-hmm. ha- still yeah. happening and it's it's coming i can feel the closure of it truly yeah. um I, I remember just hugging my mom and crying and all i want all i said was i told you i wasn't lying nobody had yeah. ever thought i was lying <laughs> yeah. but it's like yeah finally you're we all hear mm-hmm. the truth from him yeah yeah and so it, it was kind of a weird celebration type day because yeah. I felt, you know, our case was... You have a recorded confession yes. that this happened. So, yeah, I can imagine the emotion going through that. And so you have your confession. How quickly do they move to putting out a warrant for his arrest? That happens very quickly. Yeah. Um, I would say within a day or two, they're already looking for him. They actually try to get a a setup happening to where he's arriving somewhere and mm-hmm. they're going to arrest yeah. him. Um, he does find out and he does go put like a non-arrest bond out on himself mm-hmm. where I was trying to explain to Nick. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, I, I don't know, know how they work either. You kind of go to a bail bondsman and you pay for your bond and you kind of get like processed through the system, but you're not going to sit in jail and wait for the whole. You're bonded out as soon as you're booked. Yeah. Basically they, that's book how you, I they put you in a holding it. tank and then you're gone. Yes. That is the most ridiculous shit I think I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. But, a, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So. So he does that and he. And he doesn't even know that. Or maybe he has a feeling that the police have been tipped off. First of all, I want to say kudos to all of the law enforcement. Nobody went to him and be like, hey, by the way, yeah. uh, 
so-and-so came in here and told us this happened. You might want to lawyer up. Like, nobody told him anything. Right. And if they did, then he's just really dumb. But, I mean, in order to get that confession, he has to have no idea what's going on. Correct. And the fact that he works in that community and the people who needed to keep it hush-hush kept it hush-hush and did their job, I say, you know, bravo to them. So... He he does this no jail bond, so he technically kind of gets arrested, but doesn't get arrested, and then now it goes to trying to get him indicted, and so he is indicted for now. I told you when we were talking, like, yeah, this doesn't have a statute of limitations. Anytime you decided to come forward, now that's for sexual assault, but apparently that's not what they were charging him for because he didn't do anything to you. So what was the charge that they were giving him? Child sex abuse. Child sex abuse. Mm-hmm. And that apparently does have a statute of limitations, which is ridiculous. That first night when I went and talked to that first lady upstairs, mm-hmm. um, she's the one who had said, you're still within the statute of limitations. It's from the last time it happened till now. And it was within 10 years is what she had said. So there's a 10-year statute on it. That's yes. ridiculous. And that I, is I had, ridiculous. Yes. And I, have, I was just barely right in there. Yeah. So. Yeah, you just wow. Yes. Okay. Let me let me whew. <laughs> let me take a deep breath real quick. Okay. So he's indicted, and you're facing the possibility of having to tell this story all over again, but in, this time in front of a twelve person jury and a judge and your whole family there. Um, but you have this confession, so you have to feel pretty confident. So I imagine you had split feelings on that. Like we're going I want to get him, but I mean I've been on the stand and I wasn't having to tell something that sensitive. Like what was your thought process? Like what was the best case scenario for you that this was going to go to? I can say the first time I think I was tested on th- if this is really what I want to do. Shortly after the whole non-arrest bond thing happens and it's kind of out there and he's aware of it. Every, the law enforcement, you know, word got mm-hmm. around quickly. Yeah. Um, it broke out on the news. It was my grandmother was getting phone calls from people who live in Mexico. It wow. was on their news. Damn. And as much as like you just don't want everybody to know your business, it mm-hmm. it made it all the way over there. And so yeah. that's what told us to put on our news. And I seen it come across the news, seen his mug shot. Mm-hmm. And the thought of. Now, not just immediate family knows, which I was kind of okay about because you do mm. get their support. You have family, friends mm-hmm. all over, and yes. they were he they were kind of well known because in that career path, you mm-hmm. meet a lot of people, and yeah. and I was kind of the granddaughter everyone knew of, so it just went hand in hand. And and you're supposed to stay anonymous in that situation. So I did. In the news, I In I the did. news you were. Yes. But you know how, I mean, small no, town. For sure. Er, word I, gets around. There was like, no doubt I knew. Yeah. And, and it's just know. that embarrassment that people knew what I had mm-hmm. went through. Mm-hmm. But you got to see it through to the end. So that yes. was a test of, am I going to do this? Yes. Can I go and speak mm-hmm. in front of people about what I'd been through? Okay. So what ends up? Taking place. I know you told me that first he pleaded not guilty. Correct. Which, if he had a lawyer who was worth a damn, his lawyer tells him, bro, you confessed on tape. Yeah. So, 
they start offering him plea deals. And me and Chris were discussing this earlier, and I wanted to get clarification from you. Before they offer him a plea deal, do they have to confer with you that you are okay with that plea being given to him? Yes, and and I will say it went through the court for two years. This wasn't over immediately. I I Yes, the justice system is very slow. And I never knew. Yes. I, I did not know I was going to have to continue this for two more years. Yeah. Because um, what his lawyer does is he just goes and resets all the hearings and kicks the can down the road as far as he can until the judge says, hey, we this has been two years. Like, we need to do something about this. Right. Yeah. Um, they I, When he pleads on guilty, I, I would get phone calls from the DA every now and then just kind of keeping me updated. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was the one phone call, which kind of was the last... I, I remember being in a in class and I get a phone call and it's the DA saying he's going to plead guilty. He's mm-hmm. he's he knows he's and I think at this point the lawyer had already collected all of his money and right. and then was like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing I can do for you. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. 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 Um so he's gonna plead guilty and this is what we're going to offer him as his plea deal. Unfortunately, um the jail time his records clean had he had more you know stuff on his record maybe we could get him jail time but it's it's gonna be a slap on the hand how much do you think being in law enforcement helped him keep his record clean there's no telling what this dude had done before oh yeah i don't know yeah i I mean there's no telling it's just uh and it's you know it's a case-by-case basis at least it should be you can't say cut and dry oh this guy's record's clean so we're not gonna give him jail time like Bro, he molested a child from the time yeah. they were eight. I don't give a fuck <laughs> about your record. Right. Like, that should be hold enough weight on your record to yeah. say, this person needs to be in jail. Yeah. Um. You would think. Right. Yeah. So they tell you he's not going to jail. No. Um. They do want to give him, this is the part I can remember, if it was five years or 15 years of probation. I knew there was a five somewhere within those You said those 15 numbers. years probation, but he's only registered as a sex offender for five of those. Yes. Yeah, fuck no. So I, I, whenever I walk out of class, I'm standing in the hallway and they're giving me all of this news mm-hmm. and I kind of just lose my shit. Yeah. And I said, absolutely not. They said, mm. well, if you want to fight this, you got to go to trial and you got to get on stand and you're going to have to fight, fight this and don't know if that's something you want to do. And I said, listen here, I have to deal with this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And he will too. Right. There's no way this man is going to be registered as a sex offender for five years. Yeah. He's going to, because of their, um, I guess the restrictions they have as a sex offender. Right. You're telling me he cannot be around children or certain things for five years. No, he, he's. That is, I mean, that's. Yeah. He and needs, so I looked up, cause you sent me the article that was in the paper about the incidents and. What he was charged with carried a maximum sentence of 20 and as little as probation. So you had to decide if I go through a trial and I can and I get on the stand and I tell my story, are they going to convict him and give him worse than what they're offering? The way the reason that's tricky is is as sure as you think that this man's guilty, I mean he's got a confession tape. Right. You're leaving it up to 12 people. There's no telling what could happen. Right. Maybe he gets off. And then just, oh, man. 
Then your family's going to be really pissed. Yeah. Then dude's so probably I hadn't even, hit. at that point, I hadn't <laughs> even thought about that. I'm like, I'm taking this trial and yeah. he will get punished. Yeah. Um, but when I do tell her, I want him registered as a sex offender for life and live through the hell he deserves to. Mm-hmm. She said, okay, we will go, you know, I guess they counter it and say, this is what she wants. And this is, mm-hmm. if you want to be guilty, this is what you're going to have to take. Right. And I got a phone call back saying he agreed he will take so he agreed that deal. To probation. And Probation registered in for, for okay. Life. Did you have an opportunity to say no? I want to go to trial. No, I, I think I. They were kind of. They were suggesting that you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I hate to say this, but they know that anything can happen in a trial, and also if they get a guilty plea, that saves them a whole lot of time, and it goes on their record, and that's that's the kind of stuff they care about. Um. That's tough. Because you, the, the reason I want to, because me and Chris were talking about this plea deal and we we're like, that plea deal is crap. Like this dude belongs under the jail. And I said, I think that Raquel had an opportunity to say, no, I don't want him to get a plea. Like, let's take this. I, I didn't, and I didn't know if that was the case or not. So yeah, we wanted I, I'm to ask sure you I maybe because, could have. Right. But it, they were maybe kind they of They want to make his- sure the victim is getting justice, but they also want to make sure the person doesn't get away with it right so that's unfortunately how the system works um so he doesn't go to jail no uh he's on probation which you know he could end up in jail if he violates that probation do you know how long the probation was i think i honestly think it was five years really mm-hmm. wow five years and, and my grandma had a, a dream she said this dream was as real as it gets and yeah. he had did something to mess up and provoke that probation, and he'd be yeah, in jail. he would be in jail. And so then. at that point, I'm like, great, but it never <laughs> happened. Yeah. He's, so this man walks the streets today. Today. Um, I do know uh, my mom has seen him, mm-hmm. and she kind of loses her, her stuff. Yeah. Um, he's with a, a lady. And come to find out, this lady has some daughters. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and the lady. So wait a minute. This man is a registered sex offender. And he convinced a young woman with girls to be in a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's really easy. It's called the internet. There'll be red dots all over the map. They tell you where they are, what they did. <sighs> so the I'm thing sorry. with him, um, the first name is a lot longer. So he kind of just makes it a nickname mm-hmm. out of his name. And so if you go to search him by what you think his name is, he's not going to pull up. Ah. So my mom. Um, Man, still getting away with. Yes. Um, He sees my mom and him and the other lady leave. Well, my mom goes out to the parking lot. Um, Her friend goes with her. At the time, her friend's saying, I I don't know what just happened, but I saw the look in your face and I knew I needed to go wherever you were going. Mm -hmm. And it was out to the parking lot. And my mom told the lady, do you know this man? Do you know anything about him? Mm -hmm. Because I can tell you. And she tells the lady everything. She said, if you don't believe me, go look him up, but make sure you look up this name. Oh, wow. And um, kind of left it at that. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Okay, so I don't know if you've seen the movie Law Abiding Citizen. Oh, mm, yeah. That, (laughs) hands down, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Have you seen this movie? No. It seems like I should watch movies more. It it is. It is. I'll give you I'll give you a synopsis, but there, there's a line in that movie. Um, 
Gerard Butler plays a man who is like ex CIA, like special forces or something. Definitely need to see this movie. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure my, off. my heart's racing. There's, just there's a buck about na- it. there's a buck naked scene, so you'll be happy. Uh <laughs> so Gerard Butler is like ex special forces. He's trying to live a civilian life. These two men come in his house and murder and rape his wife and his daughter and he survives somehow. They attempt to kill him. They attempt to kill him. He survives. Uh, Jamie Foxx plays a district attorney who is prosecuting the two gentlemen. And long story short, uh, they both take a plea deal. One of them takes a plea deal. uh, Or no, I'm sorry. One guy rats the other guy out. He takes a plea he rats out the guy who really was just kind of there. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing anything. The guy who was that raped his wife and his daughter, he ends up getting off. And Jamie Foxx says to him when he's up, he's clearly upset about this. He says, hey, man, some justice is better than no justice at all. Clearly, he does not agree with that in this movie. If you want, like he goes and he takes matters into his own hands. It is. <laughs> Like, the term fucking epic doesn't even describe it. Yeah. Like, the he, dude. He takes matters into yeah. his own hands. It's it's a yeah. wild film. But I brought it up to say that, that that saying, some justice is better than no justice at all. That's how the justice system sees it. But they're not sitting in your chair. They're not looking at this from the view of a victim, unfortunately. They have statistics. They know that, hey, if I get a 97% conviction rate, that's going to mean than me making it to the next step in my career. And that's what's wrong with a lot of things in the world. It's all about money and power. For sure. And meanwhile, you're going through some real life shit. And I mean, this man is walking the streets. It could happen to somebody else. Statistically, it probably has or will. And that's the unfortunate part. Especially, um, he's got to be feeling like he he, he got got away away with with it. it. Yeah. He's got to be feeling that way. And that's unfortunate. We're, we're not going to think about that because, you know what, he will be judged in the in his final days. And there you go. That is, that is something I believe 100%. You, on the other hand, you have to continue with life. You did the hardest thing that you could have possibly done. You confronted it, and you got it out there, and you searched for justice. Whether or not you truly got it, like I said, we'll leave that to the man upstairs. But I'm just proud of you for, number one, coming in and telling this story, for going through it and being as successful as a human being as you have been. You're a great mother, a great wife. You're involved in the community. You know, you've you've been a working mother and a stay-at-home mother. You've done it all. And successfully, and I'm look, everybody has their problems. I'm sure John will tell you, you know, there's some hang-ups here and there. Uh, that's, That's natural. But I would say bravo to you. Like, you successfully navigated through a very difficult situation that there are a lot of people who don't successfully do so. So and handled it with such yeah. composure and decorum. Like and you, you would you address that situation like I could never see myself addressing it in yeah. that manner. I'm just I, And you're a mom now. Yeah. You got uh, you have your own kids to think about. So tell me how this how this all has affected Raquel Stewart today. How has it affected Number one, the, your relationships you have with everybody in your family now that it's out there and they know that it happened. Um, I, I would say we're, I mean, everyone's good. It's it's kind of something in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I talk about it more with my brother 
um, grown up, we were together everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywhere we stayed, it was me and him. And, and he just has a lot of questions. And sometimes they'll just randomly get, you know, he'll just come up with them and, and want to yeah. ask me. I know, yeah. I know like maybe a month ago, we stayed up on the phone till about 2 or 3 a.m. Yeah. And just talking and going over. And, of course, my brother still just wants to see that guy. Yeah. Right. Not alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and it, the same for him. He doesn't understand how I just stay so calm. And I, his biggest question is, what would ever happen if you saw him and ran into him? And and I, I, I tell him. I, I would look look at him in the eye. And I'm not trying to have a conversation with you. Yeah. But look at me in the eye. Yeah. I'm doing well. I'm yeah. living. Yeah. You, I could. You didn't ruin I me. I could let it make or break me, and yeah. you did not break me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm living proof of and that's he does be- not that, have to. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. You you said it perfect. You didn't let him break you. You didn't let him change the course of your life. Like, you took control of the situation, and uh, that's a beautiful thing. Do you feel like your family's closer? Are you closer to certain members of your family now that they know what you went through as a kid? No, I mean, I, I would say we've always been a close family. We mm-hmm. We still are. It's just something I, I I know you just don't bring it up, especially with we have a very small family. Right. And it's pretty much just me and my brother, my mom, my grandma. Tight circle. Very. Okay. So. So you guys felt like once you talked about it and it was out there, no need to rehash it or anything right. like that. It, Do you, Now, you mentioned this, and I don't know if you want to talk about it. You did mention as a kid and realizing that you were the child, it was the adult's job to protect you that – you have had some resentment towards the adults who were around that you ended up having to go through that. Is that something you even want to address right now or? Yeah. And, and I will say, I, I mean, there's some days now that I'll have an angry day mm-hmm. for some reason. It'll be on my mind and yeah. I can't shake it. And whenever you go back and, and think about it all, of course you just want to blame the adults. Right. Mm-hmm. Why were you not there? How could you not see? And mm-hmm. if you did see, like everyone says afterwards, I, I yeah. thought I saw some weird stuff. Why? Why didn't you say anything? And, yeah. I, and was it just something uncomfortable that you hope that's not happening? Yeah. But, I mean, I, I just see it so different. You didn't want to face the reality of yes. what if that is true? And, and yeah, a part of tough. me, I mean, I, I want to understand, but being in my shoes, I there's just no excuse. Is it a conversation you're... I mean, you said it happens sporadically, so you're not constantly mad about it. No. Is it a conversation that you even think should happen, or are you at this point um, just let it go? I mean, I'm sure I'm the type just to let it go. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sometimes uh, my mom and I will talk, and without kind of bringing up this situation, right. she will apologize just for being kind of a a mom who was out. A lot. Not paying attention. Yes. Not close. Um, her, Not close her, her mind was somewhere else. Yeah. And, and okay. That's, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you're the most important person. If you're good, then everybody else can live with the decisions they made. You didn't have any choices in this situation. You got put in the situation and it happened to you. So as long as you're good with it, um, that's really all that matters. How do you feel like it's affected the way that you parent? With your children, you have a boy and a girl. Yes. I I don't trust. It's mainly when it comes to sleepovers mm-hmm. and that type of ordeal. Mm-hmm. Because 
our kids are not out of our side. So it's not like I have to worry about who they're around because we're there. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to sleepover, especially with my daughter. Yeah. And she reached that age where she had got a very close friend and, you know, you want to sleep over. Yeah. The parents, and I don't say I, I don't trust anybody. I I'm just on edge with Extra how precaution. I feel. In yes, um, I've never once because now gotten you have a, to expect the unexpected. Yes. So even if you don't, even if you know a hundred percent in your mind and heart that that wouldn't happen, you're still not going to go. Right. Just because of that one, if there is that one percent chance, I'm not going to put you in that situation, and that's difficult because you ever your daughter ever asked, "Oh, can I have a sleepover?" and you say no, and then what's the next question? Well, why? 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 Right. And then. You're faced with a situation where you want to protect them, but you also want to preserve their innocence. You don't want to be like, you can't sleep over there because this happened to me. So how do you navigate through that? I mean, obviously, these are conversations you have to have with your children. How do you how do you have those conversations with them? Um, I haven't. I So I've probably had the conversation with my daughter and both of our kids at mm-hmm. a younger age than you would typically have yeah. to because yeah. there's just things that you need to be aware of. I don't, I don't even think Maddie was walking yet before I started having this conversation with her. That's just, it, I thought about it every day when I had my kids. So I understand that. Yes. Um, but as far as staying the night somewhere, again, it she's only stayed like, in two houses. Mm-hmm. And, and I say this because I just, those parents and that family are so genuinely good. Mm-hmm. You still can't trust anybody. Right. Yeah. But I... You know, you just if you ever met somebody and just got this gut feeling like something's just not right there, mm-hmm. go with that. Go with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. your, gut, these, your gut's these, never gonna lie to you. For yeah. these two families, and I, I just don't. Um, and of course, it's and I've even had talks with the mothers. Mm-hmm. Don't you take car? You you're right. You know, you don't leave them in any, and mm-hmm. just the same yeah. as I would and do. Then, I mean, in this day and age, you got to be prepared for anything. There's there's women who abuse young women or young men. Like, it's just, uh, it's the crazy world we live in. And it's tough. And we talked about it before. Your kids are so innocent. Yes. You don't want to, they just want to go have a sleepover at their friend's house. They yeah. don't get it. And it's hard to tell them no when you know that that's something that would really make them happy. And it's just so unfortunate that because what happened to us always being in the back of our mind, like, it's almost like it's stealing their innocence. And they don't even know it. Right. And it's it sucks. It really does. But I think the way that we look, we live in a time right now where children being abused is a hot topic. There's a lot of talk about it. Unfortunately, a lot of it is revolved around political things, conspiracy theories and whatnot. And that kind of does a disservice to people like yourself, people like me. Like, you want to hashtag save the children, start in your home, okay? That's where you start. Have these conversations, the difficult conversations, and let people know, let let your children know, hey, it's unfortunate, but this is the kind of world we live in. You got to keep your head on a swivel. I'll sound like kids all the time. And like we said earlier, trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, if an adult tells you that anything is a secret that you're going to keep from your parents, no, No. that's not a thing. Like, you run and you tell somebody preferably myself your mother immediately get out of that situation and like you said i'm i don't i don't like my kids to go sleep over because i don't even want them to have to be in that situation yep and they'll say oh can we go sleep over at so-and-so's house and i'll say no they can come here 
But then I put myself in yes. that parent situation. Like we've been in that situation <laughs> multiple times. Right. I said they they're always more than welcome to come stay here. I right. know we're safe. But now but that parent, I don't know. Yeah, what, if they don't. <laughs> yeah, that you know? parent has to trust that their kid is safe to come here. And I've had some parents just willingly, yeah, go sleep at the Stevenson's house. And I'm like, and I've that's never. Con- that's concerning too because yeah, I don't know you. I've never even met you. But see, and I also feel that goes back to maybe somebody who has not gone through it. Their mm-hmm. mind doesn't go there. Doesn't go there. They don't. Yeah. Exactly. They don't make that connection. And but I it's mean, got to. Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. and I know. I don't. I don't want to say I. I don't re- have any regrets in my life for the most part. I don't wish that that didn't happen to me because I feel like it's made me aware and it's made me put me in a better position to educate and protect my children. But it's just unfortunate that this is this is even a conversation that has to be had. Your your kids should be able to go spend the night with a friend and you have, have not a worry in the world. Got a kid free night. Hey, now it's a date night with the mm-hmm. husband and wife. Like, unfortunately, like these are the things that you. That you have to think of, but you know this experience. It's gonna make you a more. Every time I know that I would think about my childhood, you know, I just want to do a little bit better than my parents did. Absolutely, and I know that that's what you're trying to do. That you're making sure that you're aware, you're involved, you know what's going on, and you want your kids to do that for their kids. And that's how we affect some real change. Now, you said to me when we were talking like it's inspired you the reason you like to work with kids is because you you want to protect them and even when it came down to doing tiffy obviously you were just the team mom or president or whatever and that didn't have anything to do with abuse but you just want to be involved there, and, there's and volunteer something about your time. kids that yeah. i i kind of am just always going towards i don't even mm-hmm. realize it but every time i'm here i am i'm with kids again and yeah. i absolutely love it yeah and i just they're just so innocent and they mm-hmm. deserve to keep that yes, for sure. To keep as that. Long and as just be happy and, and yeah. live their childhood the yeah, way the they world's, should. The world's hard enough when you're an adult. And, and you know, even being involved in those kids, you still don't know what some of those kids are going home to. Mm-hmm. They could be coming to practice and everything looks great. And sometimes you see yeah. somebody, you know, you <laughs> don't know. So yeah. with you being involved in kids, you could be the change or that happy face they saw that day. Yeah. For sure, and that's that's the positive in Can, all of that. In 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 that thought, in that thought process, or in, I'm sorry, <laughs> in line with that, can you tell the story you told me last night when we were doing show prep? You said you were a young kid, you were in school, and you were just staring at a group of parents who were having lunch with their kids at school. Do you want to tell that yes. story? I didn't I, tell that I, to Chris. This this is this is another story I remember in full detail. I was probably. I would say third, fourth grade. So this had to have been occurring for me at home. I'm dealing with this stuff at home. Right. And I'm sitting in the Deer Park Elementary cafeteria, and I see at the time the visitor uh, table was a circle in the middle of the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. And there's three moms with their daughters having lunch, and I'm just in awe of it. First of all, I'm in a single mom home. My mom is just working. Mm Mm-hmm her to even get out and meet some of these other moms is just not kind of her mm-hmm. her thing right so i'm just staring back like that just looks like so much fun eating lunch with the, your friends and then your moms are friends and yeah. that's kind of neat yeah. how do they even coordinate that how do they know <laughs> each other yeah and they just all look so happy and i didn't realize maybe i was just staring too hard and yeah. trying to figure all this out like <laughs> that 
that looks like a nice little life. Yeah. Um, and this mom, I guess, notices that I'm staring at them. And finally, we'll, we'll call her Karen. For yeah. Now. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because I, these girls don't know the story and that I remember it, but I'm friends with them now. And oh, okay. Their moms are the sweetest thing. <laughs> but that day, um, the mom looked over and she kind of whispered over to the other ladies, like, why is that girl staring over here? Yeah. And not so nicely. The look on her face did not look happy that right. I was staring at them. Right. Didn't realize it, but she doesn't know what I was thinking. That, yeah. Like, you know how yeah. nice that looked. You were just sit there admiring and, so, and wishing yes that you could be a part of something yes. like that and and that right there i it just kind of like broke me yeah i heard your feelings that's rude you know yeah. <laughs> and so and then that's what i was telling nick you know even as adults we go through day by day and we go eat lunch with our kids and there could be a kid there maybe staring at you mm-hmm. not nothing rude or bad but you don't know what they're going through yeah mm-hmm. you so you just it's so easy to forget what it was like when you were a kid yeah when you're going through all the hustle and bustle of being an adult, of mm-hmm. going through everyday life, and you forget sometimes. Like, when you were a kid, the littlest thing like that could mean so much to you. And if that if that woman would have looked at you and smiled and waved or even said, hey, you want to come yeah. sit with us? Yeah. Oh, like <laughs> That would have made my whole school year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just something little like that. And... You know, I said I wanted to end on a positive note, and you, you've taken something that's negative and you've let it transform your mind and your heart into something positive. And I know you mentioned that you're always looking for the next way to volunteer, to help with kids, to volunteer your time. Um, because of COVID-19, you know, you said you had kind of been forced to leave work and you're looking for your next move and you already knew that, like, I want to do something with kids. And that's the silver lining here. Right now, I see, when I see all the stuff on, on the internet, people posting memes and hashtags, and then that's the extent of what they're doing. Like, you want to help kids? Put your money where your mouth is. Thank you. Go volunteer Thank you. at CPS or any other of the programs that are available to, to help children. Don't just walk around with a picket sign yelling and screaming hashtags and sharing memes. Like, do something about it. And then... And then it becomes more because really, if you think about it, you're just if all you're doing is sharing a hashtag and sharing memes, you're just as guilty as exploiting those children as the people who are actually exploiting them because you're not doing anything to help them. You're using them this in a different way, but you're still using them. So I'm just inspired by the fact that you 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 took a negative and you rolled it over into something positive and you've. You've done good things with your life, and it's just a start. You're going to continue to do more, and we're just we're very humbled that you came to sit at our table and tell this story and and talk about it because uh, it's an important subject and it's something that I hope someone will hear that maybe they went through something similar or maybe their kids are going through something and they hadn't noticed and now maybe they'll listen to this and they'll pick up on yeah. some of those signs. If any, I, I, me and Chris talk about it, if if this podcast. No matter the ep- what episode we do, if, if one person, if it makes a change for them, then, it's then we've done it. our job and you've, yeah. and you've done your job as well. So we're really appreciative of you coming. Yeah, thank you. That And that was definitely my goal. I, mm-hmm. I knew I always wanted to share my story, um, mm-hmm. more or less for the people who may not have talked about it. Right. A voice and, for the voiceless. Yes. And yeah. that it is okay. You can talk about it. It will do wonders 
to maybe anything you're feeling about right. it. Um, there's nothing wrong with us. We we deserve to live our life mm-hmm. and and take that stress off of our shoulders. Um, I did mean to ask you, have you consulted, like, do you, have you gone through any type of therapy or, or no, is this something that you're... No, and that's kind of uh, always in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a good friend of mine has, like, a therapist that, mm-hmm. you know, she goes and talks to, and I've asked for their information multiple times. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, eh, I probably should for multiple reasons right. as, you know. Because there's I, things that in our past can affect us that we don't even realize see, are affecting us. Uh, yes. And these things that you say, you talked about your mind blocking certain things out. The fact of the mem- matter is, is that memory is still in your brain. You're not able to recall it or retrieve it, but it's there. And it could be having an effect on you and like i said before you're you're doing swell don't get me wrong i'm not sitting here telling you that you need a therapist or anything but we've got to take this stigma off of our mental health that somehow if you go seek therapy that you're weak or you're weird or there's something wrong with you mental illness is something that i don't care who's listening where you are in the world you've dealt with it some type of it whether it's depression whether it's anxiety you've dealt with some type of mental disorder or illness and everybody on the planet has to face it and i've done therapy at times i've even been medicated before it was something i told myself i'm not going to be medicated forever but it took a it took swallowing a whole lot of pride to say i need some help and that's another thing i hope that we can we can help people understand is that that is okay if you went through something that was difficult it's cool and i used to have this thing that i thought Therapists thought they were better than you. And then I talked to a few and I realized they're people just like us. The only difference is they went to a school that taught them some coping mechanisms that they're now sharing with you. So, um, I don't know what those, you know, what they have to listen to, what they're taking home, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, like who's the counselor's counselor. Yes, (laughs) exactly. I've thought about that many times, but who's the counselor's counselor. (laughs) (laughs) But once again, just thank you. We appreciate you trusting us to tell this story um is there anything you want to add to it or 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 say to the world as they listen um i do want to say thank you to you guys i don't know if you're aware of what y'all do put out there it is very real and raw and that's what that's what just got me hooked i'm like yeah there's just you know you want to put off like you have it all together and mm-hmm. nobody's really gone through <laughs> yeah. some stuff. Yeah. And y'all talk about things. I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> we're all really normal. Like, yeah. 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 You know? And, and I think that helps a lot of people. I'm, um, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. That's, that is, that's amazing. That's, that's what makes us. Amazing. Yeah. That's what makes us sit here and do this. Me and Chris have talked about all the time that, um, the one thing I said we would not compromise on is we would be ourselves and we would be honest and we would be raw. And whether it's been him telling stories about when he was young and when he was acting a fool or me talking about being young and doing stupid things in my previous marriage, like what it will do is encourage other people to say, you know what? I can, I can be, have some honesty. I can, I can share some truth and it feels so much better just to let it out. Like if you, it's hard to play a character. Yes. And we've all been guilty of it. When we first joined Tiffy, I was playing a character for a little while because I didn't know a lot of these people. 
And then it's almost like a you have to kind of do that. Yeah. Like when you go into a ginormous organization like that, it's your you got you got to take this hat off and put this hat on. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're not know, gonna be hi. My name's Nick, and I was molested when I was three. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, but but at the same time, I, I will say because I, I'm gonna I'm gonna close on this. When we joined Tiffy, I love my wife. I, I, because of the trust issues that I had growing up and the stuff that I've been through, I've always kept my circle extremely strong. My circle extremely small. Excuse me. I love my wife because she just she wanted to embrace everybody and. I saw a parent who the only thing we had in common is that our kids played on the same football team. You've never been to my house. We've never had a real conversation. We've never talked about the real life stuff, but they're like all hugging each other. Oh, I love you so much. And like, I would see my wife tell somebody that I have no idea who the fuck this person yeah. is. We know nothing about them, what right, they do. Yeah. Oh, I love you. And I'm like, how can you tell somebody you love them? Like, yeah, before I tell somebody I love you, we're going to go through some real life shit together. Okay. Like you're going to have seen me ass out before I'm going to tell you, I love you. And we go through stuff like that. And honestly, I had, I I think I took that a little too far. I had to soften up a little bit. I I remember wishing, like, I cannot wait to get out of this fucking organization. I cannot wait to be done with Tiffy. And then the last time we were a part of it was Maddie's banquet. And I got so fucking emotional. I couldn't even give my speech. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I was and I was telling the parents like I know you think you don't want to be here but it it's over quick yeah it's over quick and talk about the perfect place to see kids just being kids man Tiffy was it when it was about the kids it was one of the best things I've ever been a part of unfortunately yes. sometimes when adults get involved and they make it yeah. about themselves they can, can ruin it all <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah for sure but um I'm, I'm thankful that that we were there because that's how we met you and I consider you a friend. I consider you in our circle. And I've told you now that you know that we're just a mile down the road. Like, we should do this again. We'll, we'll get together and we'll we'll chop it up. I'll tell you all my my dark skeletons in the closet. <laughs> well, no, you, you really I, I, no, no, know. No, no, I think I told you um, after episode one or two, I was texting Whitney. I'm like, hey, yeah. can you tell Nick and Chris, like, we're best friends and they don't even know it. Like, we have yeah. so much in yeah. common. Yeah. And she was just giggling. And- That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, I look forward to us spending more time together. Um, I know our kids would definitely like to get together. So you are a friend of the family, friend of the show, a supporter of the show, and we appreciate you very much. Chris, did you have anything else to add before we get out of here, man? I know that story was difficult to hear in, yeah. at points. Yeah, that's – that's I, I, I don't. Um, As yeah. someone who hasn't been through it, does it kind of make you think like, man, I – I just keep I keep putting myself in that situation to where like I figure out something has happened and I just I don't know I don't know how to explain it yeah. like I feel like I would just there would be nothing that would yeah keep me keep this, my feet on the ground yeah and this is what I'll say Chris just count yourself fortunate and blessed yeah. that you didn't go through it yeah and that you got to hear someone else's story and it yeah. brought awareness that maybe you wouldn't have had yeah that's and that's where I say you know. Go with that and accept it. Like I'm, I'm glad. I'm feel blessed that I didn't go through that. Thank other people for telling their story. So now it raises some awareness on you. Of and course. Um, and with that awareness, I will say, um, as much as you know, you don't know to trust the outside people that you're meeting new and your your kids are making friends with. A lot of this was is within the family. Yeah, yeah. that's the scary part because that's yes. who you yes. trust. Mm-hmm. 
And that's unfortunately, statistically, a lot of the times victims are people you know, people you feel like. Because you're not going to let your kid walk away with a stranger. Yeah. You're going to allow them to be around people that you think you can trust. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's tough, man. Because, you know, I, I love you guys. I, would, I wouldn't think twice about sending my kids to your of house. Of course. And I'm never going to, like, yeah. even with what's going on to me. Like, yeah. I wouldn't think twice about it. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things you try to live in this bubble and hope that the rest of the world don't get into it. Of That's course. why I said, but we, we keep our circle small. Yeah. So yep. feel, feel lucky you're in it. You're in it. <laughs> and, and as much as we, I, I tend to catch myself focusing on girls. Watch your daughter. Watch. Mm-hmm. Can't forget about the boys. Yeah. Let's go that, through that's it also another big yep. Boys go through it too, for Big sure. Thing. For sure. Well, Raquel, I've enjoyed having this conversation. Like I said, it was difficult at times, but I I hope that we we did what was intended to do. We raised some awareness and we encouraged and gave somebody the strength to maybe tell their story. Absolutely. And uh and find and find some justice because not everything has a statute of limitations. Like I'm telling you right now, don't be afraid. Have a good support system and uh I don't know, we just we just want to see our kids happy. That's as a parent, that's the only thing you want in yep. this world is to see them grow up happy and be successful. So put your money where your mouth is and it starts in your home. Yep. All right. So we want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you to all the spirit sifters for supporting us. Um, please continue to follow our show content. You can follow us on YouTube. We have our own URL now. It's YouTube slash C slash smells like middle aged spirit podcast. And we are currently on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So Please go check us out. Continue to like, continue to share. Thank you, everybody, for listening. For our guest, Raquel Stewart, my name is Nick Stevenson. And my name is Chris Clark, and we'll see you all next time. You've been listening to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit Podcast with Nick and Chris. For more show content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.